born to die That he might give Welcome to Yankee Arnold Ministries. Dr. Arnold will be with you in just a moment, but first, we want you to know how much we appreciate your prayers and financial support. You may help this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Again, that's 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com, and he will respond as quickly as possible. Now, here is Dr. Arnold with today's message. My soul at night. And so what happened to the Jews on the day of Pentecost is the Lord God himself gave to those believing Jews the Holy Spirit and they spoke in a different language. A language that the people could understand. A language of the nations that existed and were there at that time. It was an unknown. But the Holy Spirit came upon those that had believed. So on the day when Peter went to preach to the Gentiles, there were some Jews that had gone along with him, six of them. And so they saw that when Peter preached the gospel to those Gentiles, they believed it. And when they believed it, the Holy Spirit came upon those Gentiles, and they spoke in tongues where the Jews could understand it. And so the question came here in verse 8. And God, which, and you ought to underline these three words, knoweth the heart. Bear them witness. Witness to what? That they believed. God is the one that knows if they believed. And if they believed it, it says, giving them the what? The Holy Spirit, even as He did unto us. God who knew that those Gentiles believed, gave them the Holy Spirit. Now, that's because God knows their heart. God would not give the Holy Spirit to an unbeliever. So God in heaven knew they really believed, and that's all they did, and they were indwelt by the Holy Spirit of God. And what's important about this, is that they hadn't been circumcised. And they hadn't kept the law. But they did believe. And by believing and that alone, they were saved without the law. And if anybody has any respect for the great apostle Peter, they ought to listen to what Peter said. That all we have to do is believe. Look what else he says here. He says in verse 9, And put no difference between us and them, purifying their heart by what? By faith. Faith alone, in Christ alone. Church can't save you. Your works can't save you. Your prayers can't save you. Your money can't save you. Only Christ can save you. 
and I trusted Him as my Savior years ago, and blessed be God, I'm still saved and will always be saved. There's no sin out there that can ever condemn me to hell because Christ 2,000 years ago died for my sins. Not most of my sins. Not 99% of my sins. He died for me. That means all of them. And most people never see that. They never catch this great truth. And yet it's the difference between heaven and hell. Look what else he says. In verse 10, Now, therefore, why tempt ye God to put a yoke upon the neck of the disciple? What yoke? A yoke of works. Why try to require people to live a certain way when they can't do it? When people can't qualify that way? You see, if I could earn my way to heaven by my good works, then blessed be God, that's the way it ought to be. Everybody ought to go to heaven because they deserved it. But there's not one person that's ever lived good enough to deserve it. And never will be. Jesus Christ, who was without sin, came into the world and stayed without sin. He was the only perfect individual. That's why He died for us, because He didn't have any sins to pay for. So He died for me. Look what else He says in verse 11. But we, Peter speaking, this is what Peter said, we believe that through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, we Jews shall be saved even as they Gentiles are. So do you try to put the Gentiles under the law? He says, no. We Jews will be saved just like them without the law. Because they had the law for 1,500 years and never kept the law. No man has ever been saved because he's kept the law. No man can earn it. No man can work for it. It becomes a yoke of iron upon your neck until it destroys you. I'm so glad, so glad I'm going to heaven when I die. I'm so glad that I don't have to read my Bible. I'm so glad that I don't have to go to church. I'm so glad I don't have to give any money. I'm so glad that I don't have to live a certain way. See, then why do you do it? Because I want to. I don't have to. I do because I want to. I love Him because I know He really loves me. He made it free. You see, if God charged you for it, it would not be because He loved you. Love could not require you to earn it. Do you try to force or can you make or try to buy your love? I know people who try to buy an election. But I'm not talking about buying someone's love. I'll never forget. First time I took Betty on our first date, we walked out of Parkview Apartments and we walked up the hill and we walked up to a, a jewelry store and looked at a ring. Our first date. I think it was three years later or something like that I finally got her that ring. After we'd been married. But we got married. But that ring didn't marry us. I may do a lot of good things for my wife in the last 51 years, but that's not what married us. I accepted her. She accepted me. When it comes to salvation, God already says, I'm drawing you to me. 
The goodness of God leadeth you to Him. Because God is so good. He's good to everybody in the world. But He draws you because He loves you and He wants you. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So God is drawing you. And if you will accept it, and you'll come to the Lord. But you can't bring your good works. You can only come just as you are, just as I am. And to believe that when He died, He, he died for you. Because he, you needed a Savior. You didn't need a trailblazer. You, you didn't need a Daniel Boom or a Davy Crockett to show you the way. You need a Savior. And Jesus is the Savior, the Savior of the world. Look at that last verse again in verse 11. But we believe that through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, we shall be saved even as they... So notice what he says here in verse 10 when he makes that statement about the yoke. He says in verse 10, Now therefore, why tempt ye God to put a yoke upon the neck of the disciples, which neither our fathers nor we were able to bear? Because nobody was able to... You have to be perfect. And there is none perfect. So aren't you glad that you don't have to be good to go to heaven? Because if you had to be, you couldn't make it. It's by grace. Grace means without works. And the way you know it's by grace is it has to be free and it has to last forever. If it's not free, it's not the gospel. If it doesn't last forever, then it's not eternal life. It's not the gospel. So the good news is how God can take an individual like you and me and give us the free gift of eternal life. We don't earn it. We don't deserve it. But God loves us that much. Now look in verse 12. Then all the multitude kept silent, gave audience to Barnabas and Paul, declaring what miracles and wonders God had worked among the Gentiles by them. And after they held their peace, James, the pastor there, no doubt, answered and says, Men and brethren, listen to me. Simeon, which is Peter, hath declared how at the first God did visit the Gentiles to take out of them a people for his name. And to this agree the words of the prophet as it is written. In other words, he's using the Old Testament to show, look, God said that in the Old Testament, that Jesus would be a light to the Gentiles. Well, then they're the light that takes the light to the Gentiles. It's the fulfillment of Scripture. In verse 16, after this I will return. And will build again the tabernacle of David, which has fallen down. And I will build again the ruins thereof. And I will set it up. And all this, God says, this is what's going to take place. And that he will return. See, even they knew, yes, Jesus died. And he ascended into heaven. But he says that he would be a light to the Gentiles. And then he's going to return. He's going to come back again. And that's why we believe that, yes, one day, all of a sudden, Jesus Christ is going to come in the air and we that know Christ as our Savior are going to be changed in a moment, the twinkling of an eye, and caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So in verse 19 he says, now let me give you my sentence. This is my decision. My decision. In verse 19, wherefore my sentence is that we trouble not them which from among the Gentiles are turned to God. But that we write unto them that they abstain from pollutions of idols and from fornication and things strangled and from blood. So as a believer, there's some things that God says it's not good to do. In verse 21, For Moses of old time hath in every city them that preach him, 
being read in the synagogues every Sabbath day. So Moses is being taught and read in all the synagogues all over the country. And they still don't get it. But in verse 22 he says, Then pleased it the apostles and the elders with the whole church to send chosen men of their own company to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas, namely Justice, surnamed Barsabas, and Silas, chief men among the brethren. And they wrote letters by them after this manner. The apostles and the elders and brethren sent greetings unto the brethren which are of the Gentiles in Antioch and Syria and Cilicia. And notice now, verse 24, very, very important verse. For as much as we have heard that certain which went out from us have troubled you with words, subverting your soul, saying, Ye must be circumcised and keep the law. And you ought to underline this phrase. To whom we gave no such commandment. No apostle ever preached that you had to keep the law to be saved. That means you don't trust the church to get you to heaven. You don't trust the works of any man. You only get saved by trusting Jesus Christ and Him and Him alone. And when you believe that He did it for you, He gives you as a free gift everlasting life. Now, hold your place right here, but I want you to look at this verse with me. Because I think it's important to hear what John had to say. This is John. Go over there to the book of First John. You got the uh, Gospel of John, not that one. You got First, Second, Third John. First John. Over there by the book of Revelation, okay? So you know which one we're talking about. And go to First John and chapter 2. And remember, those that teach you must keep the law are not teaching what Christ taught or the disciples taught or the apostles taught. It's not the same message. You say, can you prove that? Well, of course I can. That's what I'm doing. All you have to do is they say, we've well, got to keep the law to be saved. Chapter and verse. You've got to be good to go to heaven. Chapter and verse. Have you ever been to an alcoholic's meeting? I've never been to one, but I've always heard that they always stand up. I am an alcoholic. I am an alcoholic. I am an alcoholic. I am an alcoholic. Well, this morning I can stand up and say, I am a sinner. 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 And if you can't say that, I'll say it for you. You are a sinner. You are a sinner. You are a sinner. You are a sinner. You say, well, I went to church and the preacher called me a sinner. Well, you are. God says, all have sinned. Here in John, 1 John, chapter 2, verse 18, little children. It is the last time, and as ye have heard that Antichrist shall come, even now are there many Antichrists, whereby we know that it is the last time. They went out from us. Who? Some Antichrist. But they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. Isn't that interesting? Well, that's a confusion. You see, this is relating all the way back to that time in the book of Acts chapter 15. You see, there were some who said that they were of them in Jerusalem and preaching the message and adding works to the gospel. Paul had to deal with them in the Galatia, in the places like Antioch and Iconium and Lystra and Derby, these other places like that. Here, he says, they went out from us, but they were not of us. 
For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But since they were not of us, they did not continue with us. And so they went out of us, but they were not of us. Isn't it clear? And they were preaching a false message. They were preaching that you had to earn your way to heaven by your works and adding works to the gospel. Now you stop and think, are there people today that add works to the gospel? Yes, there are. But see, they changed the work. Just because you change the work, as long as you get a person to depend upon themselves, that's works for salvation. You may be trusting in your church or your good deeds of however you live, though you may not agree with somebody else's church's doctrine. You may have your own. But yours are not any more right than somebody else's if it causes you to depend upon your works. And how do you know if it depends upon your work? Well, here's an easy way. Is there anything you can do right now till the time you die? Is there anything you can do to go to hell in the future? If there's anything you can do between now and the time you die that could send you to hell, your salvation depends on you. It doesn't depend on Christ. See, I can't go to hell in the future. Why? Because I'm not saving me. It has nothing to do with me. It has to do with him keeping his word. He promised. Now, either he's God and he doesn't lie or he's a liar. He said, he that believeth on me hath, praise God, hath everlasting life. Now, notice what is also mentioned here in John. Because, see, there are those that were teaching works, the law. you got to earn it. you got to deserve it. you got to do this, this, and that. He said, no, wait a minute. One of the best verses, I think, in the Bible. Oh, I love it. Maybe not the best, but while you're right there, look in 1 John chapter 5 and verse 13. Look what John had to say. He says here in verse 13. Verse 13. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that you have eternal life. You can know you have eternal life. You can know it. But look what else he says. I kind of get excited and I run down out of that verse. Back up just a few verses. You see there in uh, verse 10, where it says, He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. Because, see, when you trust the Lord, the Holy Spirit is given to you. And God only gives the Holy Spirit to his children, those that he knows believe. So he's the one that knows when you believe and don't believe. And look what else he says. He that believeth not God hath made him a what? A liar. Because he believeth not the record that God gave of his Son. And get this. This is the record. That God hath given past tense to us, that's those that believe, what? Eternal life. This life is where? In the church? No. In the priest? No. In the pastor? No. It's in the Son. So when you have the Son, you have life. And he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. These things have I written unto you that believe. That you may know that you have eternal life. I know I have eternal life. Life. Look there in chapter 2 of 1 John again. And look what he says in verse 25. Verse 25. This is what the disciples, the apostles said in verse 25. This is the promise that he hath promised us. What? Eternal life. So when I believed, Christ did that for me. God gave to me. The free gift of eternal life. 
it lasts forever. He said, he'll never cast me out and never lose me. That was the best news I ever heard. To know that I'm going to heaven because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross for me. Let, let me show you an illustration. I know that you've never seen this before, but it's very important. So if you look up here, just let me explain a couple things to you. If I offered you my wallet and you accepted it, what would you have? Empty wallet. If, if I offered you this microphone and you accept it, you would have a microphone. Well, when would you have it? Well, when you accept it. Well, if Jesus Christ walks up here and offered you eternal life and you accept it, what would you have? Eternal life. If it's eternal life, then where would you go when you die? To heaven. So can I know I'm going to heaven before I die? Yes. Now, let me explain this to you. This is you and me. And the Bible says that all of us have a sinful nature. Because we have a sinful nature, we commit all these bad things. We're sinners. That's what we are. We want our own way. We're rebellious. We're egotistical. You name it, that's us. We're filled with all kinds of sins. Not the outside ones only. We're filled with bitterness and hatred. All those things, jealousy. That's us. We're sinners. And God says to go to heaven. You can't go like that. See, God doesn't want any sin in heaven. God doesn't want any murder and adultery. He won't let that up there. So anybody who has a sinful nature can't go to heaven. Because if you went to heaven the way you are right now, you'll do up there what you do here. No change. You're the same person. That's why God can't let us go. He can only let perfect people go to heaven. That's why the only one who's going to heaven is me and Peter. <laughs> just joking, just joking. But now, God says that He loves us and wants us to go to heaven. How are we going to get out of this mess? And everybody in all religions are trying to figure out a way to get man right with God. God's already figured out a way. Don't worry about it. But God says He loves us and wants us to go to heaven. And to go to heaven, we have to be perfect, no sin. So how are we going to get rid of it? God says that we cannot pay for our sins by how we live. The wages of sin is death, so every man has to die. But I don't want to die and spend eternity in hell, so how do I get to heaven? There's only one way. This hand represents Jesus Christ. He's the Lord. God in the flesh born of a virgin, came into this world and says, a body hast thou prepared me. That holy thing, talking about Jesus, he had no sinful nature, so he didn't sin. He lived a perfect life, didn't have to die. But because he loved us and hates our sin because our sin separates us from him, Jesus Christ took all the sin of all the world. It doesn't matter who you are. How bad you've been. Think over the years of how many bad people there are. And how wicked they are. Christ loves the whole world. Paid for all the sins of all the world. No difference. Came back from the dead. He said if I would accept this death payment he made for sin. I won't have to make it. All I have to do is believe he did it for me. 
that's on a level where everybody can have it. It's not given to somebody because of their money or their status in life or because I'm the president of a bank or I'm this and that and the other. It doesn't matter. The little kid that's poor and has nothing or some drunk laying in a gutter or the president of the bank, everybody, God so loved the whole world. And the only thing that you and I have to do is believe that when Christ died, He did it for you. He did it for me. So, as a little old 18-year-old teenager, I heard this message. And I knew if I had to be good to go to heaven, I'm not going to make it. I didn't go to church. I didn't know the Bible. I did not know one verse in the Bible. I never gave any money because I never had any. And I, I did pray once in a while. I did believe that there was a God. But I didn't want to get trapped in some man-made religion. And when I heard this, I argued with the man for almost three months. I couldn't believe it was free. I said, it's got to be more difficult than that. You've got to do something. Something. He says, no, there's nothing for you to do. He did it all. He did it all. He paid for everything. All that He wants you to do is believe He did it for you. And there's a verse in the Bible. It says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I get to go to heaven on what Christ did. It's not by my works. It's not by any of my deeds. You see, Salvation was given to me because of His love for me. Yes, I try to serve the Lord and do right, but I don't do that to go to heaven. I do it because I'm going to heaven. Doesn't it make sense to simply the best you know how? Be honest with God. Lord, I'm a sinner. And I believe Christ died for me. And I'm going to believe that when I trust you as my Savior, you give me the free gift of everlasting life. And you get to go to heaven on what Christ did for you. Let's pray, shall we? Every head bowed and every eye closed, no one looking around. If you're here this morning and you've never trusted the Lord, or maybe you've heard about it all your life, I'm not asking you to join a church. I'm not asking you for any money. I'm not asking you to sign a card. I don't want anything from you. I just want you to receive what the Lord has for you. Would you believe that He died and paid for your sins? Will you trust Jesus Christ right now, this moment, as your Savior, trust Him to take you to heaven when you die. And friend, if you've never done that before, I'm sure that you can see it's the most important decision you'll ever make in your life. So I'm not asking you to change your life, change anything. I'm not asking you to promise something. I'm just asking, will you receive Jesus Christ as your Savior? Will you trust Him to take you to heaven? If you will make that decision, I am going to ask you in just a moment to raise your hand. Raising your hand will not save you. I'm not going to trap you, pin you against the wall afterwards. I'm not going to try to get you to come down to the front. It's over and done with when you make that decision. I just want to know if what I said made sense. And I'd like to have prayer for you. I really would. So with heads bowed, eyes closed, and no one looking around, is there anyone at all say, yes, that made sense to me this morning. And I want to go to heaven when I die. And preacher, I want you to know it. I'm trusting Christ as my Savior right now. And I want you to pray for me. Would you slip your hand up very quickly and put it right back down? Is there anyone at all? Yes, God bless you and you. God bless you and you. Anyone else? There's no trick to it. I'm not going to embarrass you in any way. 
Anyone else before we close? Say, yes, that made sense to me, and I'll trust Christ as my Savior, and I'd like for you to pray for me. Just slip it up very quickly and put it right back down. Anyone else? Our Father, we thank you so much for all you've done for us and for these that indicated by an uplifted hand that they would accept Christ as their Savior. Father, by doing so, they become your child. You guarantee them eternal life, and they get to go to heaven. We ask your blessings, Father, upon each person here and for all you've done for us. And we thank you for all those that are with us and our visitors. We pray, Lord, you bless in our fellowship now. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Have you ever heard preachers tell you that you must turn from sins to be saved and go to heaven? Does that mean you must turn from only the big sins or all sins before God will save you? Pastor Yankee Arnold has prepared just the right book with answers straight from the Bible. The book is called Gospel Driven Man, and Pastor Yankee wants to send it to you free of charge. Simply write to Pastor Yankee at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634, and request the book, or request by email at yankee at yankeearnold.com. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you and your family. You may help support this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Friend, one day it will happen. The trumpet will sound, and we will be changed, caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So live today and every day, believing that the Lord is coming soon, and just keep looking up. Amazing grace amazes me